Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Gabriel Talks Football. And I just want to let you know that uh, this is starting to heat up. We've got a lot of Bears draft coverage over the next two weeks. And uh, tonight, a very special double-A team with Stephen Nagishi. He's going to have on a guest from Pro Football Focus, and they will be talking about the Bears' needs and some of the analytics uh, PFF can provide uh, teams in, uh, in looking at players. So we'll have that on tonight. Uh, and then after that, of course, it's White Sox, South Burbs Hitman, our Hit White Sox show. And then tomorrow, Dan and all the Bears themselves will be talking a lot about the draft and among other things. And the rest of the week will be loaded with draft stuff. And then next week, oh boy, we got day-to-day -day coverage of the draft, and it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. Let people know what we're doing here at the Barroom Network, and let people know that Greg Gabriel is a part of the Barroom, and there he is. Greg, how are you? I'm great. How are you? You look good. Did you work out today? Absolutely. <laughs> Religiously, right? Yep. <laughs> well, uh, how was your Easter, by the way? It was good. good. I hope yours was. Had Mine. A nice meal over at our son's house and with the grandkids, some of the grandkids. Mm -hmm. I mean, it would be impossible to get them all together. There's a dozen grandkids. So, you know, spread all over. Yeah. One of these days, that'd be nice. A nice picture with all 12 grandchildren. That'd be awesome. Yeah, but I'd hate to have to pay the food bill. <laughs> Grandfathers don't do that. Grandparents don't do that. <laughs> a lot of that. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm going to be a grandparent uh, in a few months here, so I better I, start saving. I, I already, I've always said this. Being a grandparent, it's more expensive than having your own kids. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> and I thought all my expenses were over with both kids out of <laughs> Not to be. All right, everybody. We are going to talk uh, defensive linemen and linebackers. And um, I want to start off with a couple of general questions. You know, in this defense, we've heard a lot about the importance of the three tech. And uh, so for, for those who may not be familiar what that position is and does, can you provide us with a quick explanation, please? Well, I mean, first of all, it, it, as compared to the scheme they played last year, it's entirely different. Now, the 3-4 that the Bears have played since Vic Fangio was here is really more of a one-gap 3-4. They don't do – it's not the old-fashioned 3-4 where they do a lot of two-gapping, and you have guys like we had here with Dick Geron, even though that was a, a four-man front, they had three-man front uh, – or, yeah, three-man front tendencies doing a lot of uh, uh, two-gapping. So um, – but still, this this is a penetrating defense. The uh, the three technique is supposed to create havoc, uh, get penetration, disrupt the run game, be a good interior pass rusher, and you have three keys to this defense. Now that's a little different between Lovey and and Coach Flus. Lovey. So, you know, most important guy is your three technique, then your will linebacker, and then your safety. And, and Flus is the three technique, the line, will linebacker, and the nickel corner. So, uh, and, and that's really part of that is the change of the game. S since Lovey came here in, in 2004, everybody, and nickel is really your base defense now. You know, you're playing 80% of the time, you're playing in nickel and, and sometimes more than that. 
because you're you're playing against three wide so often. Mm-hmm. Well, and so I have been wrestling with that whole, uh, you know, wh- who do you pick? And, you know, the, the prevailing thought is going to be offensive line, uh, cornerback and wide receiver with the first three picks. But, man, every time I do a mock draft lately, there's a defensive lineman, a three-tech lineman, and there aren't many, as you've told me, uh, out there. And I just am tempted to grab one of those guys on day two. What's your feeling on that? I think it's, it, it depends on how it falls. You know, you, you can cannot under any circumstances force a pick. Mm-hmm. You know, now you, every board is different. Chicago Bears board is going to be different than the Indianapolis Colts and the Indianapolis Colts is going to be different than the New York Giants and so on around the league. Nobody has now maybe in the top three rounds, a lot of the names are the same, mm-hmm. but how you have them stacked are totally different. Right. And when you get after that, there's going to be guys who teams have a fourth round grade, maybe even a late third round grade that are going to be free agents on another board. You know, it, it, it's the way you look at the player, how he fits within your scheme. Uh, that's what makes the draft so much fun because, you know, everybody thinks they had a great draft the day, you know, the Monday after the draft or the Sunday after the draft. And, you know, you or I could look at it and say, I don't like his, I don't like his, I like that one because that's based on what you saw. Right. Right. Okay, or or what your opinion is, uh, mm-hmm. but you got to go back and you look at it later and you find out, hey, you know what, they're right. Mm-hmm. But you know, so it, it, as long as they play well <laughs> within that scheme, that's fine. Yeah, and uh, in terms of uh, trading down, so I've been playing with scenarios where you know you've got these two picks in the second round, and so the inclination is, well, let me trade one of them down and pick up a couple of picks. Uh, you know, that could uh, help address all of the various needs. Because there are a lot of needs on this team. How comfortable are you with trading down, uh, let's say, the number 39 pick, the first pick of the second round, because obviously that will have the most value. How comfortable are you making a deal for that pick and sort of what would you expect in return? Are you expecting another day two pick and a day three pick? Is it that, is it that simple? Well, you're making a complicated thing sound simple. <laughs> and That's rare. All, you can't trade down unless you got somebody wanting to trade up. Mm-hmm. Okay. You got to have a partner. And, most of these discussions will happen next week. Now, yeah, you had the the trade a few weeks ago um, with with New Orleans and Philly, you know, in the first round. That does not happen that often. Most of the time, you're um, getting discussions and and like when I was involved and, and, and it still happens. Draft starts Thursday. So around Monday, you start picking up the phone and you start saying, Hey, look at, um, guy we're looking at might not be there. If he's not there, we might be willing to move our pick. Just want to let you know. Mm-hmm. And if you're interested, give us a call. In this case it would be Friday. Cause it's day two. Bears don't have a day one pick. Mm-hmm. So you go back, you know, you set in your mind how far back you want to go. 
based on, on your board. You're not just doing this right. without giving it a, a thought process. You're saying, okay, look, let's draw the line at 44 or something like that, okay. or 45. And, you know, we'll trade, but we don't want to go below that because we want to keep a certain level of player, mm -hmm. and we believe we can get that level of player if we don't go below this spot. So that that's basically what happens. And the same thing with, you know, the – the, the other second round pick and the third round pick. But again, and I emphasize this, you can't make a deal unless there's another team that wants it. And who the hell are you looking at? Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. there might be a player that they got rated as a first round pick. Let's say they got a guy that's, you know, 22nd, 23rd rated player on their board that's sitting there when they pick at 39. And that's entirely possible. Mm -hmm. I mean, because of the difference in, in how teams set their board. So then you say, well, I'm not going to trade. That guy's too good for me to trade. <laughs> you know, so you're not going to know if you uh, really until, not when you're on the clock, but you're, mm -hmm. you're going to get a feeling after the first round, first of all, you, you know, what's left. Mm -hmm. You got 32 guys off the board. So now, you know, you're picking, um, what is it, 39? So you're picking 7th and and uh, 14th, I think, or 7th and, and 16th in in the uh, second round. You you got an idea. Your board's been set. You got an idea who's there. And what are your chances of getting them if you stay versus if you trade down? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, obviously you got a needs list that you want to take care of, which brings up a whole, you know, different scenario. I thought going until recently, going into this thing that they might sign a few more veterans, especially because they've got a mini camp starting tomorrow. Right. And, yeah, they brought in O'Shaughnessy and, and they signed him. The only guy they really haven't signed that they brought in was the linebacker Hitchens who played – for Kansas City. Mm -hmm. He's probably looking for some pretty big money still because mm -hmm. he made good money in Kansas City last year. So that's a guy that if you get him, it's going to be a while because he's he's still going to try to get the the best money he can. And right now, you know, the Bears are in this thing. I'm, I'm giving you a one-year deal and that's it. Now, maybe in a case like that where Poles knows Hitchens really well, you might go two years or something. But, you know, you're not going to go a lot more than that. My thinking is now, with this mini camp, now in mini camp versus OTAs and mini camps are very similar, but versus off-season program. Off-season program stuff, when you go out on, on the field, we call it, a lot of times you call it class on grass. <laughs> you don't have offense versus defense. Got the offense working at one side, defense working at, at one side, and you're doing some stuff as team, offensive team or defensive team, but never offense versus defense, defensive backs against wide receivers, et cetera, doesn't happen. During minicamp it does, during OTAs it does. And so this will be the first opportunity for the coaches to really get a feel for what they have. And I think that's going to be important leading into next week because they're going to come away and say, you know what, this guy's okay. 
I need better here. And now with the offensive line, it's going to be tough because there's theoretically no contact. Okay, but you get a feeling for the guy's movement skills, his ability to pick up the assignments, that type of thing. You're just not seeing him live. But with the DBs and wide receivers, hey, they're they're going to see one on ones, and you're going to see seven on seven, and uh, you're going to get a pretty good feel for what you got. And same with the linebackers, what you got at those positions mm-hmm. at the end of the three days. And I think you're going to come out of that and say, we got to get a guy here. We got to get a guy here somewhere in the draft. So the thinking might be totally different than it is today on Monday Mm. when they wrap this thing up on Thursday. So even though most teams won't finalize the board till near the end of this week, okay, the bears might already be there. Now I'm throwing a dart at the wall, but they may, they may already be there because of the mini camp. Okay. You're going to have, you know, your coaches are going to be involved. Uh, Obviously the front office is going to be involved watching practice. You know, it's it's 90 minutes to two hour practice going to be going on three days a week. So that's time you're not spending in meetings. Now, will you meet? Yes. But you know, you still got to have that full bout of the, of the, of the uh, practices. And I, I'm sure that uh, Ryan is going to have the scouts. Not only the coaches are going to be looking at their positions, but I wouldn't be a bit surprised if he assigns scouts to certain positions to say, what, you know, give me an opinion on these guys at the end of the three days. Hmm. So very, very important leading into the process next week. That's okay. not always the case. It's because you got a new coach this year that you're able to do that. So it, right. it ends up being a positive. So yeah. what they're thinking as far as doing in the draft could totally change mm-hmm. between now and Thursday night. So based on what you're saying, how much can we hope for that um, Bears Brass is going to get a pretty good idea of what – those two young offensive linemen going into their second year, uh, Larry Borum and Tevin Jenkins, how much can we hope that they are going to learn about these guys next week or at the end of this week? How smart they are picking up the assignments, uh, learn and retain ability, athleticism. Are they capable, physically capable of doing the job that you're asking them to do? Mm -hmm. You're going to find that out. Okay. Okay. Now, obviously, you're you're not going live, but there's a lot of things you can find out just from watching a move around and practice. Okay. So uh, that, that that part's important. Yeah. It's just you're not going to get as much out of the offensive and defensive line as you'd get out of the skill people. Right. Uh, and Chris Watts asks, do you think we'll be sorting out the left tackle position in the draft? Which is, I think, is a, is a good question because, let's face it, you know, free agency, there's crumbs left. You know, there's players who have had injury histories or players who might be out of the price tag. I'm thinking of uh, Dwayne Brown. Um, so do you think if if they decide there's not a left tackle and a good backup left tackle already on the squad, then they're going to draft the left tackle, aren't they? Um, yeah, but, you know, again, 
they they're probably going into tomorrow's practice saying, "I'm not sure if I got one." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Thursday night they're going to say, "You know what? I feel pretty good, or we got to get one." You know. Now you can also, I, I, I mean, they could turn around and sign. There will be, I guarantee you, there'll be some people in on a trial basis. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they could sign or not sign them. You're allowed to do that in these mini camps, uh, but with the veterans on the street, I, you know, I think the thinking is now that, that there's two ways to look at this. You could say, okay, I could sign a guy today, this week or whatever, before the draft. And then I, I got it taken care of and I don't have to worry about it next week. Or you can do it just the opposite. I'm going to take the best guys I can next week and then fill in the holes with the veterans that are still on the street. Now, as far as the compensatory selections with free agency, mm-hmm. that's done next Monday. Not next Monday, you know, the Monday after the draft. So two weeks from today. Okay. You know, that, at the end of business on that Monday, it's closed and any, any uh, veteran you sign uh, does not go and get work against the formula for compensatory picks. Great. All right, let's get into our draft evaluations, and let's uh, go over to that defensive line. I'm going to start with this particular player because every time I see him on tape, I'm so impressed. He reminds me of the defensive tackle for the Indianapolis Colts. It's Logan Hall. Now, a lot of people are saying that he's a tweener. We don't know if he's going to play defensive end, defensive tackle, or what. Um, Your thoughts on the uh, 6'6", 275-pounder out of Houston? I, I think that weight they had was wrong. He's 285. Okay. And then I know he was 285 at the, at the pro day. Um, yeah, there is some tweener. He, he's got to fill out. Very, very good athlete. Um, his length, 32 and three quarters. If you're playing defensive end, it might be a little concern. Playing inside, not a concern at all. Uh, he is strong. But he, he, he doesn't, you know, he's not a big butt, big ass guy. That uh, So anchoring, he, he's got to get stronger and more powerful in the lower body to anchor in the run game. I think is a, I, I like the way this guy plays. He's quick off the ball. He finds the ball. He's got good instincts. He knows how to use his hands. He's got an all-out motor. All, all that stuff is good. But because he's lacking a little size and a little power in the lower body, as a rookie, you might not see him as much on first down. Mm-hmm. And that you're going to see him more as a second and third down player, which is fine because Flus wants to rotate his defensive linemen anyway. There's going to be eight defensive linemen playing every week or, or at least seven. Mm-hmm. So from that standpoint, you know, I, I, I think he's a definite fit. I like him. Uh, he's, uh, you know, somebody has, he seems more like a five tech. No, he's not. He's too small to be a five tech in a 30 front. He, you know, he doesn't, you want a guy well over 300 pounds. Usually in that case, this guy uh, is, he's a good player, just not quite big enough. Would I take him if he's there? Put it this way. He's going to be in the, if he's there, he's in the discussion. But that discussion is taking place now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in other words, you're saying, okay, we're looking at this guy, this guy, and this guy. Which one are we going to take? 
you know, you're not you're not worrying about that next Friday. You're worrying about it now and and doing it now and making and go, going through all those scenarios. And then they're going to say, okay, if if I'm looking at player A versus player B, which one's first, which one's second? Mm-hmm. He he, I mean, I've. He's one of the players that when I read up on him from various voices, uh, you know, legitimate people whose, whose opinions I respect, it, it's like they have him, it, it's hard to place him in, immediately in a position. It's almost as you have to have the, the absolute right scheme for him, according to some people. Uh, I don't I don't disagree with that. Okay. I think he's he's got to be with the right team. And this is one of the teams, there's not a doubt in my mind, he can play the three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He played the three right at, at Houston, uh, and you know, to me, the ideal three is Tommy Harris and Tommy Harris is six two and a half. This guy's obviously a lot bigger, but Buckner in in, in uh, uh, Indianapolis is six five, six six, six seven, mm-hmm. and he's a great three. I mean, you know, but he, he's also a lot bigger. He's got to have you know, 20, 25 pounds on this guy and a lot of lower body power. But this guy, in time, he's still a youngster. He's, yeah. he's going to get bigger and stronger in the lower body, and he's going to be a good player. So, yeah, I mean, if he's there, you, you're going to think about it. Now, you know, like I said, these decisions are being made now. They're not being made while you're on the clock. <laughs> and, and so, you know, if they pass on, it's because they see another guy that they end up taking as a better, not necessarily a better fit, but a better player overall than that guy. Well, yeah, and it's and two has to do with the depth of the position. But you know, with your with your top pick, you know you you want to mm-hmm. uh, get a guy that's gonna come in and play now they signed jones and they gave jones some pretty good money right. to play the three and there's not a doubt in my mind mario edwards can play the three yeah and play it well yeah and i think you could play it well so it it's is it as big a need as a lot of people think in my mind no but if the right guy's there yeah then you pull the trigger because you know you can't say he's too good to pass up right uh and uh, who is it? Uh, Jordan says that if he's there at 39, without discussion, you know, he's he's he would probably be his 39th pick, uh, barring somebody like Linderbaum falling, which is. Uh, don't even get me going about Linderbaum. I'm not as big a fan as as a lot of people are. <laughs> Tell me why. <laughs> Number one, he's got 31 inch arms. Yeah, he sure. got the shortest arms of any center in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. And I think he's more of a he's a good player. There's no question. Mm-hmm. But I, I see him more as a and, and he could probably play in, in, in the zone scheme. But don't forget they gave a bunch of money to Patrick to play center. Yeah. Yeah. Not play guard. Right. So you know I don't want to hear yeah the guy's a good player. No question he's a good player. He's gonna play in the league. But to me he's he's overrated some um, you know, length to me is huge at certain positions, and that's one of them. Now, Olin, suppose in fact, I was on Olin's podcast last week, and we were talking about that. And I said, Olin, they had you at 31 and a half, and I guarantee if I measured your arms right now, they're longer. 
because that was, you know, what, 98 when he came out or something like that, mm -hmm. and 99, and, and they weren't as precise then as they are now. And you've seen it. I've showed you some of the pro day stuff where the difference between the combine and the pro day is sometimes three quarters of an inch. Mm -hmm. It's got to be done right. I can't tell you that, you know, I, I've been around Olin for a long time and I know he's got longer than 31 and a half inch arms. Mm -hmm. Do uh, Jordan uh, wants to debate you on this. Uh, he says, what's a pulling zone center who's an ass kicker in the run game worth? And, and what do you think well, about yeah but he's got he's got to be also don't forget they're going to be playing odd fronts and he's got to be going against a 350 pound nose tackle mm -hmm. not everybody they're playing is going to be in an even front mm -hmm. you know so it, it, you're looking at at the matchups i mean he, hey he's entitled to his opinion that's fine mm -hmm. i'm not as high on him as other people are i hope you know what he's the type of guy i hope he goes mm -hmm. you hope oh, that yeah, exactly. That makes another player available for us. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, let's move on with our evaluation. Uh, DeMarvin Leal uh, is next. He is from Texas A&M. Here's a guy that got a lot of offers uh, when he was coming out of high school. Uh, there, there are some discipline issues with him, and he was arrested for possession of marijuana, less than a couple of ounces, uh, according to the folks over at The Athletic, he had a bunch of undisciplined uh, penalties on his 2021 tape, but the guy can play. The guy can play. What do you think? Well, first of all, he's a defensive lineman, and, and when you take a defensive lineman, part of it is, you know, they got a little crap in their neck. <laughs> it, it goes with the territory, okay? Yeah, it's not like offensive linemen. You're going to, you know, don't forget, definition of a defensive lineman is a thug. <laughs> okay, so break the law and get the quarterback. <laughs> is not a they're not nice guys. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, there, there's things he, he's got pretty good tape. There's mm -hmm. things when you look at the measurables mm -hmm. that I don't like. I mean, he's six three seven, so six four, uh, two hundred ninety pounds, which is fine. He's got arms a little over thirty three inches. He ran a five flat. As a three tech, you'd want a little bit better than that. Yeah. You know, expect that to be Tommy was about a four, eight, five type guy. Um, but here's the part I didn't like. The 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 broad jump was good, nine ten, but he only had a twenty seven and a half vertical. That showed like his explosion, his explosiveness isn't exactly where you want it. But his shuttles for a big guy were excellent. Four four nine for the twenty shuttle, seven two zero for the three cone. Seven two zero for a big guy is excellent. And then the three cone, he obviously got five sharp changes of directions in a couple seconds, and so it, it, it's tough to do. Um, he was an early entry. He has started since his freshman year. Uh, he's played everywhere across the front. He's very quick off the ball. He does play with some with, with explosiveness, and so th that contradicts the the twenty seven and a half. Mm -hmm. um, he's usually the first guy off the ball. He can be disruptive. He's got good pass rush ability from both the inside and the outside. Um, actually, I compared him a little bit to Tommy Harris, but not quite in the same league. Like a poor man's Tommy Harris. Mm -hmm. type guy um 
he's not a fit for every type of scheme. He is a fit for this scheme to take a, but here's another measurable number that really, really scared me. Mm-hmm. His bench was only 17. What the hell's he been doing? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's poor. That means I'll tell you what, you know what that means? He's benching. He's only benching about 340 pounds, 335 pounds. That's not good. Right. And, and so, you know, I, I've been in the A&M weight room. <laughs> it's not like it's not, you know, so now some people just aren't good at benching. Cody Whitehair did not have a good bench. Hmm. You can't say he doesn't play strong. Yeah. Uh, and, and your power does come from your lower body, but it just, to me, it's a red flag and you got to find out why. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. He's dropping a little on my uh, list uh, of players to acquire. Um, intriguing candidate, though, because he's got. You know, some- but I think he's a second to third round type of guy. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's going to be there. He could even be there in the third round. Uh, probably 50 50 if he's there in the third. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, he's not he's not a fit for every scheme. But, you know, in this game, he can play and he can be a, a good player. But, you know, you got to dig into the background and find out about the work habits. See, that's I can look at all the tape I want. You can look at all the tape you want. Mm-hmm. You're not going to know about his football character unless you make a school call. Okay. Or you call up people that know what the hell they're talking about right. who have made school calls. Right. And the marijuana busts aren't as big a deal as, you know, it used to be. Of course, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, take that stuff for pain relief. Uh, but it is. Yeah, all right. The- okay. <laughs> but it is against the rules. And so here's an interesting quote from an area scout uh, for an NFC team. He told the NFL.com uh, this. Uh, the tape didn't match the hype he had going into the season. You never really feel for him on tape like you should for a top player. You get a similar vibe uh, from that area, Scout? Um, I, I, I don't disagree with that because he, he does run hot and cold. Now, there's times, you know, now Fliss has got this thing with loaf plays. Yeah. Right. Well, he has some plays that you could say are loaf plays where <laughs> yeah. he's not, where, where you never see that from the Houston kid. Mm-hmm. He's all out every play this kid not quite the same thing so but you know what they start earning a paycheck they learn how to play harder they know they're not going to be getting that paycheck mm-hmm. um all right our next guy is a player uh, who uh grew up locally he grew up uh, in the chicago area went to plainfield high school it's perion winfrey out of oklahoma take it away yeah um I'm not as high as a lot of people are. A lot of uh, draft enthusiasts are. And and often it's the case where they look at a guy and they see he does good at the senior bowl and they, you know, they get all excited. The senior bowl tape and the tape from Oklahoma are are two different things. Hmm. Uh, I don't see as, I, I, I like them. I don't love them. I made some calls. I called three different people mm-hmm. to find out. I said one to one guy, I said, is, is there some issues with his 
football character. I don't, you know, personal character, fine. I'm talking football character, work ethic, love for the game, passion, those types of things. And his reply was, he's a typical JC kid. You know, and, 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 and why did he go to JC to begin with? And so he, you know, he's got a little lazy in him sometimes. I don't think he finds the ball. There's too many times, there's too many times on tape when the ball's going one way and he's going another. Uh, now, granted, some people say, well, it's what they were asking him to do at Oklahoma. Hey, instincts are instincts. Mm-hmm. And he's more of a reactor than, an, and, and when we get to linebackers, I'll talk about that more. But he's, you know, he's got to see it and then he reacts versus anticipates. Uh, he has some good plays. He flashes. I just don't see it down after down. You know, when I take him later, yeah, but he's a guy, you know, because of the hype, you probably got to get in the second round. I wouldn't touch him in the second round myself. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, regarding that senior bowl tape because uh, I was able to take a look at a look at some of that practice tape, and, and he dominated. And yeah, I no, he, he, was, played, he played he played good. There's no question. Yeah, but you know what you see in that stuff? You're seeing one on ones. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, big deal. First of all, the one on ones are geared for the defensive line. Right. And right. and if he can't get himself hyped up to win those battles, mm-hmm. then you know something wrong. Another guy I talked to. Um, is said said this? He goes, he's just not wired right. Hmm. Well, so that's, that's a concern. in other words, I've got concerns. Yeah. So, and my concerns are, I'm not going to take them where you might have to take them, and that's me. They mm-hmm. want to take them. I hope he turns out to be a great player. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm not totally sold on. Yeah, well, and that's what this new administration has talked about, that they want players who are who love the game of football. And if somebody is using words like not wired right, then that, that's concerning. Maybe his, his, his love of the game isn't there, or maybe he just has so many other interests that uh, it prevents him from playing consistently well at a high level. Well, here's another here's another thing, Aldo, is that at Oklahoma, they, they rotate the defensive linemen. Right. So they never really play more than 50 to 60% of the snaps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when you're getting that much rest, there's no reason not to go balls out every down you're in there. Mm-hmm. Because they might play like three or four downs in a row, and then they're swapping them out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. not like you're in there every down on a 10-down drive. Right. You know, so you, you've got no excuse not to go all out every single play the athletic says that his backfield production he had 40 percent of his tackles occurring in the backfield which is a, an outstanding number but that may leave out other numbers like how many missed tackles and uh why did people get by him no, i don't have a problem with this with his tackling ability i just okay. you know the the motor um the instincts the not you know not finding the ball Mm-hmm. all the time or knowing where the ball is that just it's, it's little things and it's little things that through the years that i've seen you know they just the button goes off or the buzzer goes off in my head when i see stuff like that and then i and i downgrade guys 
Jay Sanders asks, uh, not wired right. Can you be more specific? This, this person who you well, that's, that that is a exact quote mm -hmm. from a guy. Well, what it means is that you know he he just not totally into it the way you want a a, a top football player to to be. Mm -hmm. You know, the, 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 there might be some outside trash, so to speak. You know, it's just. You know, he, he, he's not all in. Mule mm -hmm. says that you're being nice. Winfrey just takes place off. <laughs> all right. Uh, let us move on <laughs> to a, here's an interesting guy, Eric Johnson from Missouri State. Eric Johnson is uh, about 300 pounds, and uh, he is – He's another guy that grew up outside of Chicago. He's the guy that went to Plainfield. My, my bad. Uh, 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 Perry and Winfrey went to West Chicago and played at Lake Park High in Roselle. Eric Johnson grew up outside of Chicago and attended Plainfield High School. What, what are your thoughts on him? You know, he, he's – his pro day ran in the four nines, I think. He's pretty athletic. Mm -hmm. I watched three games. They played one against uh, – you know, a Division One school that I saw, Oklahoma State. I saw the Sam Houston game. I saw the North Dakota State game. North Dakota State and Sam Houston are, are two of the elite FCS-level teams. And obviously, Oklahoma State's a pretty good uh, Big 12 team. And he didn't make any plays in any of those games. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm watching this, and I know he made a visit here. Now, he's a local guy, so – you know, that's one of the reasons he made a visit. He doesn't even count against the 30. And and he was probably at the, the local day, a, you know, a week and a half ago. Um, but he's he's made about four or five other visits. Part of it is he ran good. Mm -hmm. You know, he's a, he's a big guy and he ran good. Uh, but when I watched the tape, in fact, Olin and I were talking about it last week. I said, I just don't get excited about it because when I saw the numbers, I said, okay, I got to take a look at this guy because the numbers were what you want to see at, at, for a three. And I just didn't see it at all on tape in those three games. Hmm. He has been uh, climbing up some boards according to some reports, but I, I guess that has to do because of his testing now. Well, yeah, but uh, there's a misnomer there. Climbing up some boards. <laughs> yeah. who, 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 who knows that, right? Think the team's <laughs> telling you that? Why? Because he made visits? <laughs> no, he's made visits because, yeah, you, you hit it right. He mm -hmm. had good numbers. But, you know, you look at the tape and you go, wait a minute. There's something missing here with this guy, too. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, if he's available real late, you know, that – or as a free agent, that's a different story. Mm -hmm. But to use, you know, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth on him, I personally, I wouldn't. I didn't see the production in the games I saw. I'd, I'd have to see something totally different from what I saw. In fact, the next guy we'll, we'll talk about, I'll take him every day of the week. Over and, this and, and, you know, I don't think he was invited to the Combine, which is – can you say that's a damning thing for the no. player? Okay. No, there's there's 35, 38, 40 guys every year that don't go to the combine. They get drafted, and some get drafted high, and some play really good. So it, it's 
you know, you get voted on to go to the combine. Put this way, when I was on the committee and I had a vote, I always went thumbs down because if it's a guy I like or we like as a group, mm-hmm. I don't want him at the combine. Why should everybody else see what I like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I if he's that, that question mark guy, you know, I'm selfish. <laughs> I love it. All right. Uh, is this the guy you were talking about? Myron yep. Tunga Villaloa Amosa? Tell us yep. why he's you a, like him. He's a cousin of the Miami quarterback. That too, yeah. Wyan kid. Mm-hmm. Now, he he was 270, 272 um, at his pro day last year. So 2020 season, he played inside, played some three, played some five, and he was about 290. This year, they moved him to the strong side end and had him drop down and play at around 270. And he ran good. He ran at the combine like 487. I don't have it right in front of me, but somewhere in that area, high 48s. He's very strong, got a great motor. He's all out, but he's not a guy, you know, he is a six, seventh round preferred free agent type of guy mm-hmm. that if he goes to the right team, he's going to be playing on Sunday. Not a doubt in my mind. This guy, he's a number one, he's a leader. Now, part of the thing this year, not only is he playing a new position, he's playing on the edge at the strong side end. His dad dies 10 days before the season starts. Oh my goodness. It might've been two weeks, but he had to go home and he was, and, and to Hawaii you know, take care of business of that. And then he gets back in time for the, for the opening game. But you know, you're playing with a heavy heart mm-hmm. all year mm-hmm. and that, that's not easy to do, but this is a guy, you know, I've watched his, his whole career. I really like him. He's a quality person. Uh, characters way up here. And so, and he was at, you know, Notre Dame guys are included in the local day. He was supposed to be at the local day, whether they'd never put a list out of who was there and who wasn't there. I had read on a Notre Dame site that he was going, whether he actually went, I don't know. But, you know, to me, that's a guy, if you don't get a guy early, mm-hmm. he's a guy I'd want later as a um, preferred free agent, and he's going to make the team. Um. That that gives me hope, you know, with my well, I started the show by saying, you know, I'm worried about the defensive line and if there's a really good three tech there. And, but you're saying that, you know, a guy like this guy, uh, and I hate to pronounce his name without seeing my pronunciation. Amosa. How do you do that? Did you practice that? Yeah, you got to. <laughs> Can we just call it? I mean, just look at a tag of Loa. Yeah, but the uh, the the draft network, uh, not that draft network, uh, the beast guy, Dane Brugler says it's tongue of Loa. Tongue. That first syllable is tongue. But in any case, um, it, it gives me hope that we can perhaps find the gem like that on day three. I just and there's probably others too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, and, and, and that's what that's what good scouting is. I was hoping, in all honesty. I was hoping that Eric Johnson was that guy. Mm, okay. And that one, and because like I said, the numbers jumped out. And then when I, when I saw the tape, I said, uh, mm. no, I don't think so. But this guy, 
you know, I, I've seen every single game this guy has played, and and this guy is a football player, not a starter, but he's not good enough. Starter. You know, he's good enough to 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 play in your rotation. Uh, he he can he runs good enough to help a little bit on teams, and and you're gonna love him in your locker room. Do um do you? Well, let me get this question out of the way because it it. it interrupted my flow of thought is greg hearing anything about the type of player poles is looking to draft with the second round picks he isn't saying anything yeah he's being very very quiet <laughs> very very quiet yeah no i i you know i i, I don't know you know i i said i've talked to people around the league and they're all saying the same thing they're saying we think they're going to take big people early and part of that is because Poles is an offensive lineman mm-hmm. and Cunningham's an offensive lineman and Flus is a defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. So when you look at that, you say, that's what makes sense. But making sense and what really happens are two different things. Mm-hmm. You know, they could be guessing totally wrong. Do uh, Jordan asks if you've had a chance to look at Jaden Peavy. No. Um, all right. So let's move on now. We're going to look at some linebackers now. And we'll start with uh, Brian Asamoah from well, Oklahoma. Asamoah, I think you say it. It okay. might be Asamoah. Um, I don't think personally that linebacker is a high priority going into the draft. Okay. Um, I mean, this guy would be a day three guy for me. Some of the draft mix got him higher than that because he's very, very athletic, mm-hmm. but he's, um, I think again, remember I was talking instincts versus react reactions, right? As a linebacker, you've got to be instinctive. You've mm-hmm. got to anticipate. And the best ones have great anticipation skills. This guy is a reactor. So, he could be a step late getting to the play because of that. Mm-hmm. Very fast. He plays hard. Um, he's got some coverage skills. He's effective as a blister, but most of the time when you see him coming, he's coming free mm-hmm. because when somebody steps up to block him, he gets blocked. And he he's not a real great step up and fill type guy because he's a little, you know, he's not – He's not real strong, and you know you can get a, a big offensive lineman. I think is going to give him a hard time. Mm-hmm. So I mean, would I take him late? Yeah, but because of his his speed and stuff, and and he's got coverage skills, he's probably going to go a lot sooner. You know, who he, a good comparison would be EA. Mm-hmm. If we say this right, EA Boonaway. Yeah, Iggy. Same it, it same type of guy, mm-hmm. and he may. Never get any better than that. Well, it's interesting that you just say that because uh, uh, the the scout for an NFC team told NFL.com, good flashes and good speed, Big 12 offenses make it hard for linebackers to look good on tape, but they usually improve in the league. So my grading on him is a bit uh, more lenient, and his grading has him as being a uh, – uh, what is it? Uh, a – uh, an average backup or special teamer, much like uh, I, I, I agree with that. He's a backup, 
special teamer who, who could be very good in that role. You know, you got to be able to take on blocks. Mm-hmm. Roquan Smith is not very big. He's a, when he was a rookie, he's 225, 248 pounds, something like that, six feet tall. He can take on a block. He can take on a block of a 320-pound lineman and just stop him dead in his tracks mm-hmm. and make get off that play and make plays. You don't see that from this guy. You see a big guy get on this guy, and he's dead in the water. Mm-hmm. Cornelius Squalls in the chat room has been preaching O-line, 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 and uh, he ends with building the O-line isn't sexy, but it's the key to building a solid football team. I agree with CS uh, 100%. you got to win the line of scrimmage. Well, so here's what, you know, getting back to the O-line thing. They, the one guy they signed from, from Minnesota, he's a backup. So don't get but they, they tried to make a big signing with Bates and give him big money. Mm-hmm. Didn't work the Bills because the Bills liked him as much as, as the Bears did and, and, and matched the offer. Where did he play? Inside. He was a yeah. guard. Yeah. Okay, so what's that tell you? They haven't even tried to sign a tackle. So maybe, the, you know, and so I'm thinking, well, maybe they, they like the tackles more than they're saying, you know, actions matter. Mm-hmm. Now, do I think they could draft a tackle? Yep. But, you know, the, I'll tell you, there's some inside guys when we did the offensive line, you know, before I talked about, it, there's some inside guys that I think are really, really good. And some to play, you know, maybe play inside and outside. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, that's one of the strengths of this draft. And then even in the third round, you're going to get a guy. Yeah, get lucky, but I think you're going to get a guy come in and start. Okay. On the offensive line. Inside. Tackle, right. you better get him in the second round. Gotcha. All right, here's a linebacker who I like a lot. It's uh, Quay Walker out of Georgia. It seems like the Bears have a uh, – they probably have, the Bears probably have an area scout in that uh, SEC – land uh who likes georgia oh, yeah. players because they uh, bears have picked quite a few georgia players over the years no he's a good football player mm-hmm. I, I i said there's a, a pretty good chance he might go in the first round you know or be gone before the bears pick mm-hmm. uh i don't see them taking a linebacker unless it's a day three guy myself um 6036, 240, 452. He's got a 32 vertical, a 10-2 uh, broad jump. Um, I said he, he's small, but he, he he's just he's he's small in size, well, average size, 240. I said he's only been one year as a full-time starter, but he jumps out on tape. He's got size, speed, um, He's very aware. He is instinctive. Um, I got to read all my notes here. I can't read this. <laughs> You're like me. Sometimes I write stuff. I'm like, what the heck did I write there? <laughs> but, but I like the player. And, yeah. and I, I think he's going to be very, very good in the league. He's going to be a starter in the league. Uh, yeah, look at it this way say the bears taking a guy like this if 
they hadn't signed Morrow, and then they still could could sign Anthony Hitchens. And mm -hmm. you and I talked about that off air. Mm -hmm. He came in for a visit. Obviously, Paul's been around him for, for a good part of his career. But, you know, he made real good money last year. So he's looking for more money, and the Bears don't want to spend it. So he, it, until he figures out, wait a minute, you know, the money's gone. He's going to be out there probably a little bit longer. Because, mm -hmm. you know, hey, it's a, it's a less than a week and a half before the draft, and he's still sitting on the street, and that's why. Because he wants more money than, than teams are, are willing to give him at this time. So watch, mm -hmm. he'll get signed tomorrow. But, <laughs> but you know, that they signed the Adams guy from Indianapolis, who's a special team backup guy. Uh, they signed Joe Thomas, who played for Fluss in Dallas. Last team he was with and he got hurt was uh, uh, the Ravens last year. He only played a couple games last year and then he got cut. But a guy that, you know, had some production playing for Fluss in mm -hmm. Dallas, going to be a backup here. But you're going to see those the will on the mic, and I don't know who's going to be which one because they're almost interchangeable, are going to be Roquan and Morrow. You can count on that. And then, you know, there's my guy from last year that when he got the chance to play and he was a special teams phenom was, was uh, Johnson, Caleb Johnson. Right. Right. Yeah, you're really high on him. Yeah. Uh, one other thought on uh, Quay Walker. This was a tweet that uh, Jim Nagy sent out. Uh, I think it was back in November. He, he wrote, why is Georgia's front seven so good? Because they have 245-pound linebackers that run like Quay Walker. So he is that sideline-to-sideline -side uh, yep. type of guy that every defense can use, and uh, that uh, that makes him very, very intriguing. Now, he's unlikely to fall to round two, though, right? Yeah, I, I, I think, well, they got Dean, too. I mean, they got, Georgia was loaded. You just yeah. look at their thing. And, <laughs> you know, we talked about that defensive back, and he said, well, hell, he played good because they got the front seven was so good. <laughs> Made it easy for the DBs. Mm -hmm. But uh, this guy, at worst case, he goes in the first half of the second round. Mm -hmm. depending on, on how teams value the linebacker position. Mm -hmm. You know, Dean's going to go before him. Uh, the kid from Montana, uh, Montana State, he's great. That's Erlacher, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you know, so th there's some really good players. And, and the one guy, well, I don't know, who you, who do you got next? Uh, Christian Harris. Okay. He's. A, I'll tell you what. This guy, what's interesting about this guy, played safety in high school. Mm. Al Alabama moves him to linebacker, and he starts as a true freshman, and he had never played the position. That tells you a little bit about the guy right Absolutely. there. Uh, 6004, 226, ran a 4-4-4. He's got great speed for a linebacker in, in today's game. He's good in coverage. He can play man. When you, you stick him in, in man coverage against a back, mm -hmm. guards him like a glove. Does an excellent job. Got good ball skills, uh, and he's explosive. When he hits you, he packs a wallop. I said his, his one problem, he's inconsistent as a tackler, 
not because he doesn't hit you, it's because he doesn't always rap. And that you can see that all over college football. Mm. You know, the the, the overall tackling and even in the NFL is poor because they don't practice the darn thing. Right. Um, he says he played. You know, he's a junior coming out. He played linebacker for three years. Was a DB in high school. Uh, oh, here's another interesting thing. Two twenty six at Indy. And he runs a four four four. How about four weeks later? His pro day is two thirty five. What does that tell you? Greg? You drop a bunch of weight to run real fast. Mm-hmm. It's a question. Trust me, teams look at that and they go, "Why?" Mm-hmm. You know. And, and a perfect example was um, Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd at the combine was two hundred and forty something pounds. At the Georgia pro day, he was two twenty eight. Wow. And that was only three weeks later. So guys know what guys do. And 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 they've changed it around a little bit this year to try to prevent it. Mm-hmm. They drink gallons of this stuff before they weigh in. But see, now they're doing the weigh-in. They're doing it a little later, and they don't, you know, they they've figured out how to catch the cheaters, so to speak. <laughs> interesting, interesting. All right, let's move on to our next linebacker. It is Micah McFadden, Indiana boy, six two. No, I didn't. Uh, I didn't do this guy. Okay, my bad. Um, I know you did this guy, Channing Tindell. Channing Tindell did him. All right. Uh, A lot of people have been talking about him in the chat. They really like him. When you look at his size, six one one seven two thirty four four seven, it's what everybody's looking for in today's game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, very athletic, very fast. Um, he has a little bit of straight line to him. He doesn't have that fluid change of direction that you'd want. And the guy's never been really been a starter. He's a backup because of how good the other guys are. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, Walker and 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 Dean, but he's pretty damn good in his own. Uh, right. And, uh, I, you know, I think he's a third, fourth round guy who's going to come in and be a great special teams player while he's learning the pro game. Mm-hmm. And then maybe works into a starter two to three years down the road. You know, your typical growing pains for a rookie type guy that you're, you know, what you're expecting. You come in, you're a rookie, you learn to be a rookie and, and, you produce on special teams. If you got to play some downs, fine. But, you know, they're, they're, he's got some negatives in his game. Another guy that's more reactive than instinctive. But, uh, you know, when you look at the traits and you look at how hard he plays and he's got some coverage skills, you know, he's a good player. Mm-hmm. What do you think about what Tony the pod boss says here? He says, I honestly, honestly don't know about Georgia's linebackers. That D-line made these guys look great. No trouble with offensive linemen getting into the second level. Well, that there, there's some truth to that. But, again, these guys made plays. Mm-hmm. You know, they put themselves in the position. Yeah, the, 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 those big monsters they had up front, you know, occupied people. And did free up things for the linebackers, but the linebackers got to be instinctive enough to still be able to make the play. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like they were making plays ten yards downfield. Mm-hmm. And I agree. One guy said he's violent. He is violent. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Um, did you do you have any other other players? The only other player I had. Yeah, Muma from oh Chad Muma. That's my mistake. I I put up Mika because I got that confused. Chad Muma, the linebacker from Wyoming, and I can tell you a lot of people in the chat room love this guy. I ditto. I said he he plays the way he plays the game the way it's supposed to be played. Love that high intensity player. He's real good in coverage. This guy can plant and drive on the ball. He anticipates so well in coverage. And in, in this scheme, you got to be, be able to do that. He might be a guy that they could say, you know what? We don't need one, but he might be too good to pass up. Mm. He's and, one of those guys. Yeah. Gotcha. You know, I, I really like the player. I like, I mean, the guys, I, I, I didn't do Dean and, couple of the other guys, but this guy and Anderson from Montana State, mm-hmm. those guys are good, good football players, and they're going to be great in the NFL. Yeah. Jordan says he's a former safety, which is probably why he understands and recognizes so well that safety background. Yeah, but but, but it's just this transition is so good. Mm-hmm. You know, there are safeties that can't transition like this guy can. This guy, you know, he he anticipates it. He drives on the ball. He gets a lot of interceptions. You know, just a hell of a football player. Mm-hmm. And so, if he's there at thirty nine, you 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 almost uh, either you either pull the plug on him or no, you're bypassing somebody who's going to be a quality. Well, he could be there. He could be there at forty eight too. But yeah, you you know, like like I said earlier. With with Logan Hall, he might be in the discussion that does, but but the discussion's already going on. Yeah, and yeah. so you're making that decision as you're leading up to the draft. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, with each passing day, the the draft becomes more and more fascinating to me because the more I look at a video of these guys and the more I read up on these guys, it's it's just going to be be such a difficult decision for the Chicago Bears. I still kind of hold to my belief that the Bears should not trade down with those three picks they have on day two, because I think you can find three plug and play players uh, there. But I know a lot of people in the chat disagree with me. They're saying trade down and pick up as many picks as possible. But as you said earlier, it's not that easy. You just don't want to accumulate picks for the sake of accumulating picks. You have to have a plan. Where are the players? You got to have a plan, and, and it, it, you you don't trade quantity for quality. Right. Okay. Right. So if you know you can still get quality and trade down, mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. But if you're not, you know, you you, you got to know your board, and and you got to understand where you can get certain guys. Right. And. Once you get that, and then you feel very comfortable with it. See, I've said this before, uh, and and it's worth repeating. You're going to have a a plan to go in, you know, going into the draft. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're going to anticipate things. You're going to hope for certain players. But you've got to expect the worst-case scenario. Mm. And if you can accept the worst-case scenario, you're in great shape. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, uh, Rock it Davis. never goes as planned. Rock Davis wants to know what's going on. I, just, man, I, I wish I nailed that. What, what's out the, out the window there? Is your dog? Uh, I don't know. I, I thought somebody was pulling up, but I must be wrong. Okay. Right. Man, you keep That's it. Wrong. You, you're one of those neighborhood watchers, right? <laughs> well, my dog usually is, but he's sleeping behind me. So. Um, all right. So here we are. Uh, what is it? Uh, eight? No. Uh, it's nine what, days. Ten days. Ten days. Yeah, nine or ten days from the draft. And so... You, you say that the board will probably be finalized next week. That the no, most teams will finalize their board this week. That's what I meant. And that next yeah, week and, is when calls and the Bears might be pretty much, you know, their guys were in early. Mm -hmm. They went home for Easter, get back today. And you've got, of course, the mini camp, which we talked about at the beginning of the show. So that's going to be very, very important. Then the next thing you do is is your plan, okay? Your your strategy, yeah. <laughs> For the, as, as my rest in peace, buddy Rush Limbaugh. There you go. <laughs> I got a funny story about that. But that's for another time. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, no, I'll tell it. I you know, when, I, when I was. Rush Limbaugh was real good friends with my boss in New York, mm -hmm. Tom Boyster. Okay. And at the time, Rush was living in New York, not in Florida. And so Tom would have him in the press boxes as a, as a guest mm -hmm. uh, for a few games. And one of the games I was at, and, I, you know, I met the guy, and I – he gave me a copy of his book, and I said, well, I'm, I'm going to give it to my mother-in-law because she can't stand you. <laughs> so he autographed it, writes a note to her and stuff, and then so she she gets it on Christmas and throws it at me. <laughs> That's hilarious. Did, did, did she then see the autographed copy and then throw it at you a second time? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened to it. I mean, I mean that's I don't know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Sounds to me like you're surrounded by liberals, uh, Greg. <laughs> Your mother-in-law, me, other people. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, okay, so uh, the strategery is going on now, uh, and so what does that what what does that entail when you say strategy, uh, building the strategy? Is that like your trade philosophy? What what players are okay? And that Mendoza line, so to speak. Best way to describe it. Mm -hmm. During the football season, all week, you practice and you and the coaches put a game plan together on both sides of the ball. Mm -hmm. Correct? Yep. Okay. That's what this is, setting okay. your game plan. Gotcha. <laughs> so, and going over everything. So you have a plan. Mm -hmm. This is what we want to do. And when you get hit, you know, something happens and, and it doesn't land the way you want it to land. And, you know, you got to have fallback guys. And yeah. again, that's where it goes back to what I said just a few minutes ago. Mm -hmm. If you can accept the worst case scenario, even better, if mm -hmm. the worst case scenario is still pretty good, you're in great shape. Mm -hmm. In a draft like this one, Greg, how many players approximately and i know you haven't looked at tape of all the players and so forth but your gut 
where how many players are above that line uh that says these guys are starters and then uh, and, and don't tell me how many are below that line what i want to know is you know how many how many players in this draft do you think have a really good chance to be plug and play players because the bears need you know three starters after day 2 i i, I think you can get three and if you, after that it's a bonus okay yeah. Okay. And right now you don't have a four, but right. if you trade down, you might, you know, have a four. I'll tell you, if you haven't read it, and I tweeted this out this morning, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Peter King's football morning in America or whatever it's called mm-hmm. and football Monday in America. Today's article was excellent. And yeah, he, you he didn't that. give any names, but he uh, interviewed a bunch of, uh, decision makers mm-hmm. and you know it, it was just a quality read but this draft is unique in that there's nobody knows including the guys in the league mm-hmm. nobody has a freaking clue who's going in the top 10 yeah right, it, right everybody's all over you know you can come up with probably 18 guys that could go in the top 10 mm-hmm you know, and and he said this could be the, the the first draft where you don't have a a wide receiver or quarterback go in the top ten, even though wide receivers very strong, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of depth at the position. Just the way things look now. Now, will there be trades? Yeah, but one of the GMs said. Yeah, but don't count it being in the top five. People aren't going to want to have to pay to get up there. Mm-hmm. Or if they do want to go up there, you know, they're going to be offering a lot less than what was offered a year ago. Mm-hmm. Because what was there a year ago? Quarterbacks. And nobody sold on the quarterbacks issue. They might turn out to be great. Right. Okay. But nobody's like jumping up and down to, to get one at least verbally right now and Mm -hmm. so you know who knows i think personally three will end up going in the first round because of the 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 value of the position the need factor Mm -hmm. but who the hell knows Mm -hmm. yeah nobody knows do you believe that the that that it's more about being lucky than being strategic and having good player evaluation obviously luck is the board falling towards you well, I've, I've said before, you know, George Young used to preach. He said, you know, don't overreact to what's going on. The draft will come to you. Okay. We never made trades when, when George was there. And then the one year, I think I told the story last year, mm-hmm. that we we had the fifth pick in the draft and we weren't prepared. Oh, yeah, you did share this, yeah. That, you know, because the guys we had ranked one, two, three, four, went one, two, three, four, and we wanted one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They weren't prepared, the decision makers. That that draft taught me more. That's where, that's where I came up with you got to expect the, the worst case scenario. That was the worst case scenario, and they didn't, they didn't have a plan for it. Yeah. And then George tried to get out of the pick, but it was too late. You gotta, you know, if you don't want to be in the at, at five, if you don't want it, you gotta make calls next week, early week. We, our guy might not be there. Mm. You know, you, you can't just surprise people. Yeah. 
Yeah, that reminds me of the Aaron Donald draft uh, when he was picked right before the Bears pick. I I was so dejected, and then the the Bears picked Kyle Fuller, and I was like, who? Because <laughs> I was just so oh, invested. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he definitely was. But I was just yeah, so I think I, invested I on, on here a, a, a while ago. Um, Brian Arault is, is Aaron Donald's agent, mm-hmm. and. So I was doing the first round at the score. I think, you know, there's Hub and Pompey, myself. Pat Manley may have been there. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the picks are coming off, and, and I think the Bears were 13 that year. Yeah. And Aaron Donald's still there. And, and, and so I send a text and at what, when – there are two picks. There's the Rams and then the Bears. Mm-hmm. And I during the, the Rams pick, I send a text to Brian. I said, looks like the Bears are going to get Aaron Donald. And he said, no, they are. He's going to the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> that is wild. <laughs> I wish I would have known that. I wouldn't have cried in my soup for the next three days. Let's get to some uh, customer customer <laughs> uh, chat comments or questions. Uh, Cliff says making draft projections would be projections would be a lot easier if we knew what the Bears really think of Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum. I totally agree with that, Cliff. And you know because if they look at those two players as saying, you know what, these guys are as good as draft picks for us. Th- these guys are like a second and a fourth round draft pick. I know Borum fifth, fifth round. I know Second Burrow was taken in the fifth, but well, it was a high. It was a high two. Exactly. So, you know, maybe they're looking at it that way, and so the offensive line need isn't as uh, needy as a lot of us have made it seem. I, I know, you know, the the media well, the and didn't play good, and and those guys, it, it, and to answer the the thing, the question fairly, mm-hmm. they're question marks, right? And actually. Tevin more of a question mark than than Borum because Borum played a lot and actually played pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, very good. Are they going to want him at three hundred and thirty something pounds like like uh, Juan Castillo wanted? Nope. Mm-hmm. You know you're going to see him playing at probably three twenty to three twenty five. Mm-hmm. Now at his pro day, Tevin was three hundred and seventeen pounds, ran a five oh one. Now I'm going to I'm going to say this about you look at. Tevin Jenkins measurables mm-hmm. last year, they're good or better than any tackle in this draft. Wow. Well, well, that's that. When that's you look at the lot. three cone, the vertical, you have like a 32 inch vertical. Yeah, that's amazing. That's 36 or 37 reps on the bench. Mm. 501 in the 40. Mm-hmm. He had a seven, six, three cone. I forgot what the, uh, I think the the twenty shuttle is four or five or something like that. But he, he but he, he's a big man that can move, and that's what the Bears are looking right. for. And and so you know people are locked on this. Well, he's a right tackle, and I'm going to go back to this thing I've been saying all along. Now this is my opinion, mm-hmm. but you know Slater was the the from Northwestern was the second offensive tackle taken last year mm-hmm. behind the kid from Oregon. And uh, Panay Sewell. And Slater played three more games in college at left tackle than Tevin Jenkins did. Mm-hmm. Slater played 11. 
Tevin played eight. And Tevin would have played a whole season if the right tackle hadn't gotten hurt. Mm-hmm. And so then they, they, the, the backup who had to come in couldn't play right tackle. He had to play left. Right. So Tevin said, I'll play, I'll play on the right side. The team guy. Yeah. So, you know, but it, it's, you didn't see a lot. When he did play, it was, it was sporadic. Mm-hmm. But then I go back. He pro- he didn't even have a handful of padded practices right. all last year. Once he came off of IR, they aren't hitting anybody in practice. Exactly. At two or three practices at, at, at most, yeah. But, but, you know, give me a break. He was doing that, you know, it was memory. So, you know, mm-hmm. let him go through the process. But I'll tell you, it was invaluable. Mm-hmm. You know the 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 play time and guy he still got experience right yeah yeah you, know, you could go, but now it's you know we got to find out what chris morgan the new offensive line coach feels yep he's gonna have a lot better feel thursday night than he does right now good to hear nomad asks uh, i love this question do t and you've sh- told us, you know, that every team does their board differently and and you don't know exactly how the Bears are doing their board. But do you suspect that they have stars after certain names names and saying, man, we got to get this guy. We got to try as much as possible to get this guy. I we never did. I can't tell you if we have scenarios. Mm-hmm. We play these games, not during the meetings. A lot of times we'd have um where Jerry and I would be in his office. This is after we're done with meetings and, you know, we'd go till nine, nine thirty at night or whatever. And we'd put scenarios. This is the guy we're taking to the first. This is the guy second. This is the guy third. This is the guy fourth. That's package round, you know, and, and, and after that, you know, it's all gravy, but this package versus this package versus this package versus this package. And then we keep going and, and, and we, we'd argue it out. And, then we'd, we'd bring the scouts in. Okay, which package do you like the best? And sometimes there might be a trade involved, a theoretical trade or, or, or whatever. And, and so, and, and that's what I mean by preparing. You know, we were thinking the whole thing out. I want this guy in the first, but I want this guy. I'm, you know, with all the research you're doing, I'm assuming this guy's going to be there in the first. And unless there's somebody I just can't say no to, all of a sudden is there. This is the guy I'm taking next. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that that's putting a plan together. Uh, another question here from Ravi. And he's asked, what's the story on the Ravens and Bears beef back in the day? They dropped I, I, that was the year after I left. I um supposedly now, uh, Ozzy was pissed off for about two years with Jerry. And Ozzy and Jerry were pretty good friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when they took Gabe Carini. Mm-hmm. They were going to trade down because um, I think they thought Karimi was going to be gone. And then all of a sudden he was there. So they didn't, they didn't want to trade anymore, but they had already agreed to a trade with the Ravens. And the Ravens wanted Karimi also. Mm-hmm. So the Ravens are probably going like this right now. Hey, we didn't get, you know, uh, you know, he hurt his knee and 
it was never the same player. Because I'll tell you, his, his tape at Wisconsin was pretty impressive. Uh, but that's what it was. I wasn't in the room. You know, that's what I heard. And, and, and they, the, the Ravens say that the, the, the Bears reneged on a trade. Hmm. And that uh, will be in the book written by somebody sometime in the future. That that's uh, somebody needs to put together a book of draft day tales, you know, um, or or myths and clear them up because uh, it's just so fascinating. The entire process. They made a movie called Draft Day. Unfortunately, I thought it stunk uh, because it was so unrealistic. The general manager of the team is trading away for a play, a quarterback he's never scouted. He's trading away multiple first-round draft picks uh, on the day of the draft. <laughs> he hasn't talked to his coach. He doesn't talk to anybody about it. He's just in the car, just decided to make a trade. Hollywood, man. Yeah. <laughs> Please make it at least somewhat believable. <laughs> Kevin Costner does a lot better job playing a cowboy than he does a football <laughs> that's right and he makes better baseball movies than he does football yeah. movies <laughs> uh this has been another great episode greg uh what do you want to do next week it's uh we're gonna we're going tuesday right uh two days before the first round comes well, it, it kind of explain what what's going on and, and we you know we might have an idea of what went on at minicamp uh there could be uh some more veteran sightings between now and then. Right now, I'm thinking nobody who's going to jump out at you, but I could be totally wrong. I just, I'm thinking they're waiting until the draft. And then, you know, like I said, you could do it two ways. You could fill a hole now and pay for it and, and then draft another direction or take the players and then see what holes you got and fill, fill in. You know, the needs I, you know, to me, everybody said, okay, we got to take care of the line. I'm saying right now, you got to get a corner. There has to be a corner someday time in day two. Thank you. And unless you turn around and, 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 you know, the one guy I wanted Nelson, Steve Nelson, he signed with Houston. Mm. And oddly enough, they play the same defense to play here. Interesting. And, <laughs> uh, you know, you got the kid from, um, who, who played uh, for the Colts last year. Well, you know what? From what I understand, he's okay. He could play really good some days, and other days he could be a little disinterested. This is making calls with people who have been around him. And so, you know, does Flus really want him? Mm -hmm. That is the question. But well, hey, you know what? He's still there. Mm -hmm. And he's probably still going to be there after the draft. And then if you don't get a corner, then you say, okay, that's what I got to do. Um, by the way, Jordan says that the corner you're referring to is Roger McCreary. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, I, no, I, I, I don't think McCreary can play outside in this league. I think he's a slot corner. And Jordan disagrees with you, as he has uh, stated many times already. <laughs> That's good stuff. And Nomad says this is his second favorite show in the barroom behind, behind. It can't be behind the Dan and Aldo show. There's no way. Reevaluate that, Nomad. <laughs> 
Thank you all for watching live. Uh, Greg, you are the absolute best at the business. I uh, I predict bigger things for you in the future. Network TV, uh, NFL Network, and so forth. Just remember us little guys when you move on, okay? Sure. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks for watching. Remember, uh, the double A team tonight at uh, special time, 645. Uh, it'll be Austin Gale of Pro Football Focus along with Stephen talking about some of the analytics and uh, a lot, a lot of Bears talk. So we'll see you then. And uh, again, thanks for watching live and uh, make sure you send out the the link to your friends and family uh, for this show so they can see it on demand. Take care, everybody. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.